let's get started. Father in heaven, we thank you. Bless you and we praise you. We thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. We understand, Father, that the entrance of your word brings light and it gives understanding evil even to the simple. That means that we don't have to have great natural education. Your word, if we'll accept it, will Uh, enter into us and give us great understanding we thank you lord that that's available to all of us in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 so since we're out ministering yesterday i thought i would kind of share some things with you that um, are very important for you to understand as keys to ministry because i'm encouraged that you want to do ministry and um, we'll do more of it but um, I need to just help you to understand how to minister I know sometimes you can go out and you can get opportunities to speak to people and to share Christ with them once that anointing is upon you then you can kind of follow in that spirit um, if you if you know how to yield to it and get under it you know then with that you got to have some understanding and some knowledge about how these things happen and what God's doing I always tell people that working with the Holy Spirit is like dancing you can learn the steps he's your he's he's your partner and he leads you in the dance and you can uh, dance with as long as somebody knows the steps they can dance with any partner can't they I mean, if you all say well we're going to do a waltz if you all know how to waltz and you can dance with a total stranger as long as you know the steps but if you're going to improve on your dance you have to get to know your partner a little better man you'll see people who are professional dancers will usually settle in on one partner that they can start to understand learn more from begin to put their ideas together they can be more creative and form more dances well that's what the holy spirit does with us as individuals as we get to know him we get understanding so that we don't have to be subject to an anointing that we kind of fall under you know what I'm saying yesterday you guys fell under two anointings for for what you were doing there two apostolic anointings pastor Daryl cares one I do too and so you can tell that he is in authority in that situation and people are not free for all people and so I wouldn't have you out with free for all people number one I have to come to get to know these people know their work and see their fruit and understand when God opens that door that's the door to go through you know you, you you got to understand this. You can't jump up and go work with anybody. You've got to pray about these things and, and understand how this happens. So that's what we're going to do today. Give you understanding of how these things happen and how to discern. As long as you stay under right spiritual authority, you will have no problems in your spiritual life. But I'm talking about people who think that God is telling them to go do this and go do that and go do this and and make mistakes. And so you you don't want to be like that. You want to And I'm not trying to forbid you to do anything. If you go to a grocery store and you can pray with somebody, lead them to the Lord or they'll let 
should pray for their their sick body or something like that have at it that's what believers are here for but I'm talking about assuming that you can go and, and get with this ministry and that ministry and this that and the other just don't be so free guard your spirit learn how to protect what God puts inside of you because it's not a free for all out here but Jesus is head of the church he's already foreordained every single work that we all do did you know that he's got things for you to do that are already known by him he's just trying to get your attention so he can lead you into them and so we we the anointing is like that and so we have to understand and so in in working with the holy spirit you need to know that the holy spirit has zero tolerance for evil zero tolerance for evil or zero tolerance for the works of Satan. He, there's no darkness in him. He doesn't put up with any darkness. He doesn't want you having fellowship with it. He doesn't want you involved with it. And that's really the key to ministry. To be like Jesus. He had zero tolerance for evil. If you look at one of the disciples of Christ. Well he wasn't an original twelve. But he wound up being an, a, a, a follower and a disciple. As the apostle Paul. Uh, he, but he watched the works of God from afar. You know, he knew Jesus was on the earth when he was on the earth. Might have been even one of the Pharisees sitting there mocking or something. We don't know. He was aware of it, but he wasn't uh, a follower at that time. He was converted after Christ was raised from the dead. But you can see that in the life of Apostle Paul, he has zero tolerance for evil. Just didn't put up with it. And that's the main way you can protect what God's put in you. You just don't fellowship with that stuff. You don't have anything to do with it. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be anything. Just let God order your steps. He keeps us away from most of it. If any of it comes toward you, that's your opportunity to resist it and show God that you love him. Anyway, praise God. (laughs) Amen. But uh, we need to know that the key to ministry is to have zero tolerance for evil. The less you tolerate it, and I mean thinking it's cute, thinking it's humorous, overlooking it, you know, having friends that walk in carnality and still want to hold on to the friendship, all that kind of nonsense, you've got to have zero tolerance for that. You're in their life to be a light and an example. You're there to bring light into darkness. You are not there to tolerate, cosine, think humorous, say it doesn't matter, God understands, all that kind of stuff. He doesn't understand evil. Uh, He doesn't create evil. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't have to in order to know what to do with it. We don't either, right? You don't have to understand your your backslidden friends. You don't have to understand your friends that will go off and leave the things of God for a party or something. You don't have to understand that. I, I don't try to. I see people, you know, they have ministries that are totally none but fashion shows and all that kind of crazy stuff. You know, now I know I've been in women's ministries where we tamp things down, you know, user friendly. I've been through all of that. And when God graduated me from that, I left it behind. You know, when you first get saved, you're a mixture. But God doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you purified. He can't use mixture. He can only use He's purified. When he had Israel to build, they didn't build with bricks. 
Now who built with bricks? The Egyptians. That's the worldly thing. He said go get some stones. Something I created. Build with what's what we call natural products. That's what God had them build with. He said don't give me nothing you mixed up. Because I don't know nothing about it. You build with the pure stuff. Amen. And so we have to understand that. Respect that. God doesn't want a mixture. He wants us purified. He wants you purified. He said you be holy because I'm holy. And that's not a joke. You have the ability to walk in God's will and the spirit and righteousness at all times. The more you walk with God, the more you'll find opportunities to do the things of God. You know, it's just true. So, zero tolerance for evil. We've got to have that in us. In Acts 10.38, if you'll turn there, you'll see how this operates. How Jesus of Nazareth, amen, he says here, Peter began to speak in verse 34. I now realize how true it is that God does not allow, does not show favoritism, but expects, accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. You know what was happening throughout the province of Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil or oppressed by the devil because God was with him. That's all you need to know about ministry in a nutshell. When God anoints you with the Holy Ghost and power, you have then the authority to go about doing good and having zero tolerance for evil. You'll heal everybody who's oppressed of the devil. You'll have a liberating word on the inside of you. You'll have a word of freedom on the inside of you. You have a healing word on the inside of you. You'll have the unction of the spirit to lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, whatever is necessary. You don't make a specialty out of chasing devils. You don't have a deliverance ministry. You have a gospel gospel ministry. Because if your ministry does not include healing the sick, you don't have the ministry of Jesus Christ. And it's done out of ignorance. A lot of times people are fascinated with the uh, thinking that they have power over devils. Well, if you have power over devils, you have power over sickness too. And you can't choose which one you like. Suppose a sick person comes in there, you're casting out and not having power over sickness is doing you half good. I wouldn't say no good, but you're only able to fix half the people. Suppose Jesus walked around like that. He wouldn't have had a sound ministry. He didn't have a preference. But he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power and went about doing good. And healing all who were oppressed. So the two anointings here. The Holy Ghost and power. They're separate. Because they're talked about separately here. You can be anointed with the Holy Ghost. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And walk in the presence of God at all times. But the power's not there. We see it all the time in the church. 
see people baptized in the Holy Spirit, pray in tongues, all that and all that. And they don't have an unction to step out and either share Christ, preach the gospel, witness to somebody, or lay hands on a sick person and expect them to be healed. So the power, they're two different components or the Bible wouldn't have separated them out like this. So there's the Holy Ghost and there's power. And so when you're anointed with the Holy Spirit, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's an outer anointing. It's a uh, um, infilling and overflowing of the Holy Spirit. And out of your innermost being flows rivers of living water. And that's tongues and the power or anointing that comes with that. So there is an anointing for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What does that do? That allows you to walk in what we call the fullness of the power of God as far as your faith for what it is doing for you to work the word into you to allow the gifts of the spirit to start to operate now there are people who have been uh, never prayed in tongues never baptized in the Holy Spirit and in through raw faith are able to either pray for somebody to get healed or, or God will answer prayer of anybody who is anointed with the Holy Spirit so that is more for your prayer life your personal life some people can preach pretty good under that one unction but God wants you to have what we call a full gospel ministry as outlined in Mark 16 17 and 18 so the signs must come as a result of your preaching and ministry and the signs come with the power you must have the power working in order to have signs following so the Holy Ghost and power if you look at the way those terms are used especially in the book of Acts they chose deacons full of the Holy Ghost and how they know the power was there sick got healed dead were raised there were signs that follow the power of the believer amen so if you you can pray in tongues all you want if the power never comes to you you won't be able to do the full gospel ministry now there are different ways to get the power and we'll talk about that we'll talk about how to walk in that power and how God will confer it upon you but I'm telling you the key to it is to have zero tolerance for evil you can't be a mix-up person you can't be a uh, you know a pity person you feel sorry for everybody you can't do that see when the power comes that's when you start getting persecuted for it many times we can blend in real well until that power gets on you and that's when all the devils whoops somebody messed around and got it how we let her get anointed with the power and they do they wake up and they notice you and the way you notice they notice you you start getting accused and many people can't hold up under it Christians can't hold up under it we want to be liked she's mean she don't love you she don't care about people no I just have zero tolerance for evil you little warlock <laughs> see I could laugh about it but see the person that's doing all the crazy stuff 
old devil started whining and stuff. Shut up. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. I don't say half of what I feel. I don't say half of what Jesus said. <laughs> when you think about it. So but but this is when you know you you're you've hit in that power zone. You start getting persecuted. Write that down because people don't like that. You wanna you wanna have power to do everything and not pay anything for it. Persecution comes to keep you insulated from evil. I know one thing, if you get if you're crazy enough to sleep with a cactus blanket on, then you you know what I'm saying? That's pretty much what it amounts to. You cozy up with them little prickly things. Huh? Because they're there to prick you all the time. The Bible says Satan left Jesus after he tested him, he left him for a season. Not permanently a season. And so we have to understand that that's how, that's how you, the power is protected. Part of the way the power is protected once it's invested in you is that God will keep a certain antagonism towards you for, in, for evil towards you. It will pick at you to keep you away from it. That's what God allows Write that down. Y'all sitting up there looking like you just heard it and just don't want to believe it. But you better write that down because it's going to cost you to walk in power. Now everybody's out there yesterday wanting to witness and all this kind of stuff. But if you ain't up to it, you just won't last very long at it. You got me? This is how you last long at it. You got to understand how to expect certain things. And that God puts you in that place because he's invested in something in you that's worth protecting. The power is worth protecting. The devil doesn't even want you to pray in tongues. If he can keep that away from you, he will. So, okay, I didn't, I wasn't successful at that. Now they're praying in tongues. Well, I'll just make them forget to pray in tongues. Or I'll tell them some lies about it. Like your tongues aren't really right. Your tongues don't sound right. Then you start condemning the Holy Ghost. He loves it when you, you know, when you do that. Be critical about the gift God gave you. And thereby don't exercise it. Or it'll make you l- nervous or, or lazy about it. You don't want to pray in tongues. Oh, my mouth is dry all the time. I just can't do that. Yeah. Or lie to you. Well, when the Holy Ghost makes me, I do it. And all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, there's a lot of Pentecostal people are like that. Holiness people are like that. When the, when the Holy Ghost makes me. And they just spread that to everybody there. It's like the people that, that when the prosperity message first came out and people would say, well, I'm tithing but it's not working. Well, of course it's working. But they write books on that and sell books and tell you why it's not working. And keep taking your money. Well, it is working. That's just a lie the devil tells you to keep you from believing to get your return. Then they tie, oh yeah, the tithe only gets the window open. The offering is what makes it pour out. Remember that one? You've been around long enough. You remember all of them, don't you, Mr. Gary? And so I said, well, why would God tease you like that? If he's going to open, if I'm going to open the window and you're knocking on my window to get in my house, why would I just, oh, I'm only opening it. I ain't going to open it big enough for you to get in. Here. 
stay right out there until you do something else you know it becomes a game God begins to be you know deceitful and all that kind of it's not right it's not right and so see that's what I mean about having zero tolerance for evil you gotta run everything through the filter of the word and if you know the word you know that ain't right I'm thinking why would you even tell people something like that why don't you give them an answer and tell them to hold on to the word you know it is working you just can't see it working and you got doubt and you're feeding your doubt then they sell you another book about starve your doubts to death and all that kind of stuff you see what I'm saying just keep selling your books keep selling your books keep selling your books so God went he, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power went about doing good that's because people will fight you on this they say well I'm anointed well what can you do Where's, where are the signs what signs do you have that are following well you know there's certain different components to the anointing now we're all anointed to do something if you're just anointed to pray if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit that is a great anointing you're anointed to pray it will open up uh, uh, it gives you most holy faith which allows you to be believe over into the supernatural realm it gives you confidence in the gifts of the spirit working in you yes God will give you a word of knowledge he will give you a word of wisdom he will operate gifts of healing and all that all the gifts will operate through you once you get into the realm of most holy faith keeps you in the love of God you pray in tongues people don't bother you as much as they used to Amen. and so you know you don't sit up plotting to retaliate when you get ready to go in church let me see them this Sunday. They didn't speak to me last Sunday. I'll show them. Amen. And so it, it does keep you in the love of God. Amen. So it says here in First John three eight. If you want to turn there, Jesus for this cause was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil, not tolerate them. Got me he was manifest and that's what what we will need in the earth for the sons of God the manifestation of the sons of God is that we have zero tolerance for evil we are here to destroy the works of the devil that word destroy really means to annul or remove or release to disband to put an end to so if you're here to put an end to the devil you don't expect him to keep coming back with symptoms in your body you put an end to it so when the Holy Ghost in power comes it is to destroy the works of the devil to not allow them to manifest at all you got me you put an end to it you you remove it you release yourself and others from it you cause it to disband and dispersed you annul it you bring it to naught you curse it cause it not to prosper command it to shrink shrivel up and die in Jesus name you got me that was always my command for tumors and God always honored it because the power was there to kill that tumor with my words you got to say the words if you want to see it happen Uh, if you're ashamed to say the words you just need to go back and meditate on the the words somewhere and learn how to stay in the spirit and stay out of your crazy head 
And so this is very, very important. You have to spend your time meditating on the word and get your mind renewed so that you can can think like God at all times. You know, but most all times. Maybe you have a little bit of a, a, a lapse here and there, but for the most part, you know, if you live a life that is is devoted to God and ask him to help you to stay in the mind of Christ where you can pull the thoughts of God into normal everyday situations then you'll be ready to do anything and everything God tells you to do there's always going to be some kind of little hindrance that we have from stepping out and doing things sometimes you just have a fear uh, you know you don't know what you're going to say when you get to that situation then God graciously puts you in the situation and you find out the Holy Spirit does give you give you words to say because he's faithful amen and so we, we really have to understand that amen we have to understand that so the the first John 3 8 the son of God for this purpose the son of God was manifest that means he was brought here and came to life to destroy the works of the devil now many people say well Jesus came to show us uh, who he was and show us who God yeah that's all true but I like this part too he wasn't just a model down here modeling off what God looks like. He had a purpose that was to destroy. If that he was just going to show us what God looked like, he would still be walking around down here living. He had to go to the cross to totally destroy the works of the devil, folks. Come on now. Pay the price. Bring forth the atonement. Come on now. Get with me here. So he was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Man. So it, it put an end to it. Man. Don't let it exist anymore. Uh, the Bible says the last enemy to defeat, be defeated will be death. So death, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? Why? Because we are raised up from the dead. Amen. So we will be raised up with him. So when we are anointed with the Holy Ghost in power, he causes us to seek to do good, heal oppression, destroy the works of the devil. Now that's a big job for the Holy Spirit. So what he does, he leads us into holiness, which is very important. You can't fight something that you like. And you can't fight something that you don't hate. Many people look back on World War II. You know how people now, everybody who's alive now is living here in freedom because of what those people did. You know what I mean? But now that we can look back, we get critical. It's just like preachers that, that want to criticize Adam and Eve for disobeying God. Well, you were born disobeying them, so how can you criticize something you don't know anything about? So... Shut your nips. You know. But that's what carnality does. It's quick to judge what it doesn't know, what it doesn't understand, and what it has no um, revelation on. Just look back and say, oh, you know, Adam and Eve, uh, Adam committed high treason. Well, what would you have done? 
You'd have done the same thing he did. Put it, put you back in his position. You're you doing the same thing. See what I'm saying? So no man could have done uh, done better than he did. Especially you, because you're born in sin. You're his heir of the sin. So you can sit there and criticize, but you wouldn't have done anything better. Got me? You wouldn't have. So that was that was all destined. Amen. Everything that happened to man was destined. So Jesus then comes along to show us what it means to be anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now if you go to Luke chapter 4, I thought I would do something else first, but I think I'll do that first. Luke chapter 4. We'll go to 321. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came down from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Jesus then did this to fulfill all righteousness. He explained that while, why he was baptized. To fulfill all righteousness. He couldn't skip it because it was part of the gospel message. It was being preached. Amen. So he was baptized uh, in water and the Holy Spirit then signified that God the Father was pleased with that. So anybody who gets water baptized for righteousness (laughs) is a symbol of their righteousness. God is pleased with that. Now what about people who get baptized just as a ritual? Hmm? Well you eventually got to get saved. To please God. That that in itself does not carry you into heaven. Nor does it keep you out of heaven. If you got the Holy Spirit in you, you get into heaven. You got me? So, so nor does not praying in tongues keep you out of heaven. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people have debate about this. But you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise when you confess Christ. Some people just live in ignorance and superstition and don't ever get the revelation about being a believer and all that kind of stuff. You know, you see how the devil has fought for centuries to keep us out of the fullness of understanding the things of God and of the power of God. And so I know many church, like our church started, our ministry started, and we were meeting in uh, basements and school. How we did that for many, many years. And I know there are people who were were saved in this ministry and didn't get baptized. Well, that doesn't mean that you can't or you won't. You understand what I'm saying? And so many times I've, I've started out trying to find a place for us to get in. I think, oh boy, we can't do it. <laughs> At the conference, there was a swimming pool. I don't know how many people would agree to that, you know. So, but you know, I know when people want it, they can receive it. I'm not opposed to water baptism. Just the fact that most people were already water baptized when they got involved here, you know. And we'll make room for the children to be able to do that. I mean, we could do it this week, I guess. Bishop Russell does have a baptistry, and everybody's using the portable ones, and so we'll do that. Um. Make it my business to get it organized. Now the 
young ones that aren't baptized are scattered. Now you gotta go gather them around and do all this kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it kind of gets away from you. But that is no excuse. And I think some people, uh, now what I'll, I'll find sometimes happen is they'll walk away from God for a season. Then when they want to come back, now they want to jump in the pool. See? You praying in tongues, you jumping in water. So, I mean, it, it's up to you to do what you feel you need to do to feel right before God. And so, uh, in fact, uh, when the Ethiopian eunuch received Christ he received the gift of tongues and, and so the the uh, I think it was Philip said well what's to prevent us from baptizing you with water seeing that the Holy Ghost has evidence to come inside of you and so these are the things uh, I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with it I'm not against it but sometimes it's not convenient but they can't stop you from ministering to people look at people you get saved on the street you can't baptize them most of them won't let you because they got the good clothes on. It, you know, it takes takes a little effort to to get all that together. You know, now you can toss some water on them if you want to, but I think that's something that I think it's a, a sacrament of the church. Church, like when they get involved with a body of believers, then those things God opens the door for those things to happen. But it's not as will anybody perish. You get the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You you are saved. You got. I mean you are saved so water won't save you but there's nothing about it that's wrong either and so Jesus did it to fulfill all righteousness he was clothed in uh, human flesh he humbled himself to the father the father signifying that he wanted him to be water baptized and said he was pleased with that and so Jesus then went about uh, he, he was. He, he said he was well pleased. In the next account we see of Jesus, uh, says he was about thirty years old when he began his ministry, and this is how it began. It first started with him being tempted in the wilderness. If you are the Son of God, then prove it. If you know with inside of you who you are, you don't have to prove anything to the devil, but you do have to resist him. So the way to prove you belong to God is not by doing what the devil says, but by resisting him. It's right here. It says he was full of the Holy Spirit. And verse 4 verse 1, Sandwicher says, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now I've had... A whole lot of wilderness experience in God. And it always helped me to get stronger in the Lord, not weaker. Wilderness experiences are not created to cause you to grumble, complain, whine, think God doesn't love you, he's left me, I'm no good, why am I here, what am I doing this for, none of that stuff. It is to strengthen you if God leads you there. And he will lead you there, folks. You can't avoid wilderness experiences because your love for God and, and the power of God must be proven through you. And he says, for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He had nothing during those days. And at the end of them he was hungry. And the devil tempted him with three different things. If you are the son of God. And then Jesus answered with the word. 
So part of your testing is to see if you will respond by giving the devil the word or if you'll ignore him or if you feel like he's going away or if you think that's you talking to yourself or however you go. You understand what I'm saying? So really temptation is for your discernment, number one. That you start to separate out these voices and know that this voice that does not line up with the word of God is not you talking to yourself. That's the devil trying to get you to do something contrary to God's word. And so Jesus passes all three tests or all three temptations commonly referred to as the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. He showed him stones, told him to turn it into bread. Amen. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes is is uh, um, where he told him that he would uh, um, give him all these kingdoms of the world. Or if you're a son of man, throw yourself over here. The angels will give. That's discernment. He won't, he'll give his angels charge over you. But that's if you're in obedience to him. You can't be putting God to a foolish test. Huh? Jumping off here, jumping off there, and all that kind of nonsense. Sinners are trying to tempt you to do something. Oh, oh you, you think you're too good for this? Oh, yeah, 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 I am. If you say I am, I am. So leave me alone. So, amen. So, uh, you throw yourself down from here for us. I'll give your angels charge, charge concerning you. He's quoting the 91st Psalm. So, here you see somebody who rightfully divides the word versus somebody who carnally divides the word. The devil will always carnally divide the word for you. Got me? I mean, literal. Oh, you can jump off anything and he'll give his angels. Just, you know, like, oh, you can run red lights and God will help angels to stop all the traffic so you can get away with running a red light. And we know that's not true. So that kind of stuff. So these are our temptations. Jesus passed them all. And in verse 14 it says, what happened? Read it. Huh? Yeah. So after he was tempted through fasting, 40 days fasting and prayer, successfully resisting the devil's words with the word of God, he got the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you all see that? 4 verse 1, he was full of the Holy Spirit but no power. 14, now he's got power. How'd he get it? Through resisting the devil. Being led by the Holy Spirit to be tested and resisted and didn't give in. So that's where the power comes from. In us, it's like getting rid of something and making room for God to give us something we didn't have before. For instance, maybe you you desire to cheat on your taxes, even a little bit. Quit doing that. That makes room for God to empower us more. You got me? All these things that are temptations for us. Sometimes we give in to them. We think it's okay with God. It's never okay with God. You know, not even a little bit. And so we have to be careful to do everything that we do 
with honesty and integrity and purity of heart purity of mind so you know you, you have to do these things and do them right and make sure that you don't fall into the temptation of the enemy so when we're anointed with the Holy Ghost and power it causes us something good transpires on the inside of us we think we love God but wait until you have an opportunity to continue to resist the devil and just do without certain carnal things you know do without certain indulgences that we indulge ourselves in you know or habits we know that aren't pleasing to God you know and and the saints kind of look away when you do it or don't get real interested in it you know you should quit you just stop it you know there's a payoff though it makes room for power in your life I'd rather have power than bad habits any day amen so so yeah you see our universe becomes enlarged so that we begin to see the world as God sees the world you get real small when you start to observe the world the way God does and you observe the Lord of the universe who wants to go about doing good through you how is he going to do good through you you got to be thinking about other people and not you all the time you got to really I mean seriously you have to be concerned I'm not talking about worried you got to be concerned you got to know that you're empowered to help people when you're empowered to help people you're not willing to sit around and do nothing you're willing to go ahead and put yourself in the place where God can use you with his power so we become interested in doing the works of God now how does this manifest number one it manifests through a hunger and a thirst for justice and righteousness when I say justice I mean justice according to the word I'm not talking about these people out here marching and protesting and carrying on about every small thing and I'm talking about justice in that it's not fair for the devil to keep people sick it's not fair for the devil to keep people on drugs it's not fair for the devil to keep people poor I'm talking about destroying the works of the devil that that's what I'm talking about so when we have a heart like that and really hating poverty is something that runs through everybody who's blood-bought because you hate it for yourself but if you walk in faith for God to supply your needs you're not nervous about whether you'll get taken care of and you can begin to give you be a giver you be somebody who releases blessings down here on earth you can, you can really be a person who doesn't want to hold on to anything for themselves and so sometimes you'll do things really to encourage people um, just because you have the ability to do it and, and you got to know that God pre-plans everything that you do he really really does and so uh, for instance yesterday the gentleman that led, made those leather bible pouches now I don't need one it's beautiful and all that but it's like but I thought to myself how many pairs of shoes do you have chick you know what I'm saying so need isn't really what it's about but I felt he needed to be encouraged he needed to be a, have an opportunity 
to do something he needed to have an open door to do it and he had to know that it was sincere and so when you add those things together it's like well yeah I need to buy this because this man needs to know that this isn't in vain you know sometimes people just need to be encouraged and I'm not talking about a slap on the back or you know you you follow God's mind in these things and do what God has you to do and so we'll have him come to the conference we'll let him set up a table and see that way God will test to see how devoted he is to making sure he sells his product see this isn't just an open door where somebody said come and you don't know what they'll do you know that these people are sincere so you got to do the whole thing to in order to please God you got to know when God's telling you to do something and how to do it so the your your universe is enlarged when God's power comes into you when you get empowered you start feeling that you can make a difference that you can do something that you can stop the evil in the world and and if if in no other realm but the realm of prayer which is probably the most powerful realm that a person can work in i think it's more powerful than than going out yourself and doing certain things even though that is powerful if you think about it if you pray for five years and God is able to uh, uh, release blessings into the earth because of your five years of prayer. Think about what you've done as far as leading people to Christ in that five year period. You see the difference. That's why Jesus says greater works than these, than, than mine, that you will do. Why? Why did he say it? Mm-mm. what did Jesus say greater works will you do than I do because I'm going to the father very important what does he do when he's up there with the father he ever lives to make intercession for us so as somebody who's praying for you he prays for every Christian worldwide throughout the whole world he has oversight he gets direction directly from the father to intervene on our behalf and as the head of the church he can now make things happen worldwide when he was walking the earth he could only do it in that little area he was in the middle east but because he is with the father that's where the agreement and power comes from they can release the holy spirit to do things worldwide the father has a time schedule for when everything's going to happen jesus didn't have it he admitted that he said it's not for you to know the day and the hour and no man knows that not even me he says but you shall receive power that's all you need you need to know about this hour right here so go use the power and then get the next step got me so that's all the father let Jesus know amen so but now that he is sitting on the right hand of majesty on high he can direct more he can intercede and do more he can give us more mercy he can crown us with tender mercies and loving kindness he can empower us by sending the holy spirit after our words throughout the universe 
And so that's a much more powerful position. Going to the Father means being able to intercede. Going to the Father means having accomplished all, paid off all penalties for us. Being able to get the Holy Spirit released to us so that he can work through every single person that would confess Christ throughout the ages. Much greater works there. See? Much greater works. Everything that he needed to do to redeem us is accomplished already. So that's that's a much more powerful position that he had here. He was given a name above every name. That was after he poured blood of his own blood on the mercy seat. You got me? So these things are, are important for us to know, folks. So next time I ask you, why are we going to do greater works? Because... He's went to the Father. Amen. So everything goes to the Father. That means it's all satisfied on earth. The work of earth is done. So now he can really get busy working through his church. Amen. And doing signs and wonders through everybody who proclaims the name of Jesus. That's an extremely powerful position to be in. And don't you forget it. Amen. Alright. So we become interested in doing the works of God. And they manifest number one through a hunger and thirst for righteousness you want to see Christians not be persecuted anymore you want to see an end to this political correct nonsense that we're uh, we're not allowed to speak and we're not allowed to do this and we're not allowed to do that and all this kind of nonsense you know I was uh, talking to a woman once and uh <laughs> I was just telling her I think that was during the time Madeline Murray O'Hare I know was alive at the time she was going around getting prayer out of school and I said well there's a lady going around that you know just chatting like Christians do you know it wasn't spiritual or anything like that and I was saying talking about this lady who's getting prayer taken out of school she said really she said nobody tells me to pray in school she said, do you know they were threatening to suspend my child out of high school? And I walked around behind her. I went to every class she went to. She said, and I prayed in every class she was in all day long. She said, she stayed in school. She said, you take no prayer out of my school. I said, okay. So I shut up trying to sound knowledgeable about spiritual things. Now that will correct you real good, huh? But uh, she's right. She's right now. You know, it's, there's no reason why you can't pray in school if you don't want to, you know. But I think it's important for us to stop these laws from advancing against people who don't know that. Got me? That want to pray and don't know that you, you can't forbid people to pray anywhere they want to pray. So we have a hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's what the desire to do good manifests like that. You have a hunger and thirst. And Jesus said if you have that hunger you'll be filled. We become interested in the world around us. It's not just about my little house. and Get my bills paid. Holding on to my marriage. My kids. No there's more worry involved in that than there is faith many times. I found that out. And I found out this too. That if you teach people to pray. And you give them a real work to do for God. Somehow those problems aren't as severe. Isn't that the way y'all live? Or are you still worried about everybody? Yeah. They give you something real to do. You don't see the early church 
going to the same conferences over and over and over again telling them not to be so selfish they didn't have time for that they were fighting lions they were fighting being imprisoned in this day and age our preachers go to prison and most of the time they're guilty of something in the early church they prayed them out of jail because nobody was guilty of anything because they knew it well you get it Tuesday I don't know if y'all getting this or not but anyway I'm going to keep going huh see see, you could trust your apostles and your prophets to live in holiness you could trust that in the early church the ones who didn't you got separated from them by the Holy Spirit these people discerned the right way because they were the full of the Holy Ghost and power you get power in the church people couldn't even lie on their offerings back then you understand what I'm saying without dropping dead and so it was a tight ship and it wasn't tight because some dictator was telling them you can't do this can't do that oh, it was tight by the Holy Ghost all them people praying in tongues, spirit filled, going from house to house every day and praying. They knew to pray Peter out of jail. They knew Peter wasn't guilty. Of, they knew Paul wasn't guilty of anything. They prayed him out of jail when they got in there and didn't think twice about it. They expected the supernatural. They expected God to rescue his servants. Huh? You know why? Because they knew all those guys, if they were guilty of something, all they had to do was confess it to God and God would release them. I'm going to say that again. I don't know if y'all going to sleep or what. Holy people you pray them out of the devil's clutches. And if they've committed any sin. They can confess that to God. And God forgives them. It's not like God got to let Caesar punish you. Because you're so bad. God's court is higher than Caesar's court. His standards are higher than the world's standards. We become interested in the world around us when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And you seek to change the evil that is loosed in the world. That's what you do. You're interested in those things when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit awakens us to the fact that we are empowered to put an end to evil, not just pray to no avail. So you have confidence that your prayers are doing something. That's why you continue to pray. People who quit praying have no faith in their prayers. They don't. They think when we come here once a week that doesn't mean anything. They could just quit doing that. Doesn't mean anything in their lives. See what I'm saying? I know people who have left the ministry and still want to pray. That's the last thing they let go of. You know, they get offended by something because of their immaturity, and then they go, but they still want to pray. I found them calling up people, other people who left the ministry and say, can we be prayer partners? Isn't that something? They'd rather do it out from under authority. I say, well, Lord, at least they got confidence that praying is the right thing to do. <laughs> they may not know how to be obedient, but they got confidence in that. So we begin to believe our prayers avail much and expect God to move on our behalf. And that makes the difference. Some people pray and pray and pray and pray over again, but they don't expect. 
anything. You've got to expect that the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail a whole bunch. Amen. It says much. So whatever much means to you, you've got to believe that those prayers will avail much. We see the world more from God's perspective through the eyes of our gift and our gift is our point of view. Amen. Your gift is your point of view. The Holy Ghost affects our senses, our eyes, our ears and our feelings and we see and believe like Jesus does. Just does. When we are anointed with the Holy Ghost we have the personhood of Christ. So you have his, him living in you and his character begins to shine through. Begins to show through if you let it. Now if you're always trying to be you know slick and cool and all that kind of stuff. He won't come through very much. He's not cool. He's Jesus. When we are anointed with the Holy Ghost we have the person that personhood of Christ. We said that he begins to influence our thoughts, our values and all of those things. So that's when we know we're new creatures. We don't enjoy the same things. We don't think the same way. We don't do all of those things. He begins to influence our thoughts, our values. As we yield to his influence, we take on his character. So when, when for instance, when God tells you to, to call somebody and ask if you can give them a ride to church. You know, you know they, they don't have a way to get there and you call it. He is influencing your thoughts and your values, all of that stuff. You got me? And you continue to do it. Because God says to do it. You understand me? It just it, It's that way. Whereas before you might have just said, well I got to get there on time. Okay, where well, you never would have given a thought to getting somebody else to service. And so those things are the character of Christ. Uh, the other thing he gives us is the power. So once the Holy Spirit convinces us of God's ways... Then he empowers us to carry out God's desires. You've got to be convinced though. You've got to be convinced to live consistently for God. You've got to be convinced. You know not just show up at service. But be changed on the inside. Don't tolerate evil in yourself or anybody else. We begin to seek ways and opportunities using God's power to help others and to help ourselves you find yourself challenging yourself to say no to things you used to indulge yourself in instead of always wanting to ride the edge of obedience you know what I'm saying just riding the edge riding the edge riding the edge you know and doing this doing that and well it's not really sin yeah but is it getting you where you want to go are you empowered by the Holy Spirit? You ever prayed for a sick people and God do a miracle? Hmm? See, you gotta you gotta understand that there's a point to not indulging yourself in some of these what we call habits that aren't real. You know, neither here nor there. You know, we can do this. Nothing in the Bible against it. See, if your mind goes like that, you got to straighten up there because you're putting a limit already on the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. So we go about doing good. And healing demonic oppression. We become healers and people who have a word that people respect. 
that will come into our lives and help us end oppression in our lives. What about human ability? As the Holy Spirit influences us, we turn away from the old man, the old life, and the works of the devil are first destroyed in us. 2 Corinthians 10.6 tells you about this process. Romans 12.1 will tell you too, but 2 Corinthians 10.6 talks about the warfare that we all must wage but I'll tell you it's worth it because it does result in the power of the Holy Spirit verse 1 by the humility and gentleness of Christ I appeal to you I Paul who am timid when face to face with you but bold toward you went away now see he's quoting somebody who's been gossiping about him behind his back they say Paul's letters are real forceful when he gets here he ain't going to do nothing that's what they said says I beg you that when I come I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world for though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does the weapons the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments one translation says we cast them down it says we do this so this means this should be a normal way of life for the Christian everything that argues with you against God's word you're to cast that down say "Uh uh-uh you ain't talking to me I believe the word of the Lord you're not going to get me like that amen and cast it down that means put it under your feet don't entertain it don't listen to it don't try to sift through and see if there's anything good in it if it's a lie from the devil it's a lie from beginning to end he says for though we live in the world we don't wage war the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds that's what the King James says it's not strongholds up in the heavenlies it's strongholds in your own mind says casting down imaginations if they come into your head you cast them down so what this says to me and he says and we uh, in every demolishing arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ and we are ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete so you can't cast the devil out of somebody you can't pray for a sick people until you've done it in your own life you've got to get that under control in you first before you can go out wage war against something on the outside man what's inside of you becomes what is called in in military terms a fifth column know what a fifth column is trying to think who who they give somebody credit for coining the term but this man was a revolutionary uh i think it was in a south american country i'll look it up and, and get his name i have it written down in some notes but i don't have it handy but he was a revolutionary who got an army of people to go back he was kicked out of his own country because he was a revolutionary and the government in power defeated him and he was going back 
to gain power so while he was out he gathered around a lot of you know this is common in warfare and dictatorships and all kinds of this is how David he wasn't a dictator he was rightful king over Israel but this is how he gained power over Saul Saul had been deposed as king of Israel but he held on to that kingdom for 13 more years Dave while he chased David tried to kill him and finally Saul was killed in battle and David was safe for David to assume his kingship but I'm not talking about a system like that these are people who have been expelled because they are trying to overthrow the government the government finds a way to defeat them but this gentleman went out of the government began to to encourage others to come with him and he was about to go back into the city with his army and a person remarked to to him uh, are you certain this army can do the job he said well if we if we can't do the job ourselves I have the fifth column already waiting in the city who will join us so a fifth column is any faction inside of a nation a country a person who will join the enemy once he begins to advance so see if you hang on to little pet sins that you like or pet things that you do that you know don't contribute (laughs) to getting the Holy Ghost and power in your life it becomes a fifth column it will eventually set itself up to defeat you that's why the Bible says casting down imaginations every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God got me so you know what a fifth column is it's something you like and you don't not sin not wrong but you never put it up against what God wants for you what's God say about it he says it's not for you it's not for you so you have to depart you don't decide though in other words you don't decide those things anymore God decides them for you amen amen alright say amen somebody because see this is where we get stagnated in our growth this is why we can't do the works of God because we're not empowered and this is why the anointing will never rest on us because our mind's always over in some other camp it doesn't belong in amen and and you're feeding that so it becomes a fifth column it eventually like for instance i don't go to movies i took the girls once i i made that a a vow to god a long time ago i don't get caught up in what's new out in the theaters and what's have you heard this Uh, uh -uh. don't ask me because i haven't and i encourage you to just don't get me involved in that conversation don't bring it in the church don't bring it around god's people you got me there's certain things you just leave in the privacy of your own whatever you do behind closed doors but don't bring it in here for general conversation because it's not edifying to the church you got something to tell us about the people you preach the gospel to while you were gone give us that testimony that is a blessing but this other stuff don't bring it in here i'm serious i'm moving on to glory folks i'm i'm close to whatever years old i'm close to <laughs> i'm gonna tell you what them is but you know what i've been invested too long in this and i know too much the snares of the enemy because it becomes a fifth column and see what happens is you get so hot for what's new and what's out there in the and people let me tell you this people in, in hollywood hate you 
You hear the things they say about Christians? They hate you. Why are you giving them your money? That's the other thing too. But the thing I want to emphasize is that that is the devil's way to in a subtle way infiltrate your mind with images that you're not supposed to give yourself over to. You get all these... Uh, oh look what's coming next and it's they always try to show you something where people have their clothes off they're either intimate if not going farther and so your eyes start beholding that stuff because you don't know what to do with your spare time you belong to God we're sitting up there in the devil's domain you know what I'm saying just learn how to lead that stuff along the power of God comes at a price you want the power of God, it comes at a price. Price, 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 price. Spend your time praying for them loved ones. Spend your time praying more on your prayers. Spend your time researching the persecuted church and all those other things. You got the internet? Find some stuff that we're, we're trying to put an end to. And, and learn how to be a contributor to that. You know what I'm saying? You can contribute a lot to that conversation. We meet in, 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 in the uh, empowerment meetings. And we're studying things at world events and world importance. And where God wants to go with this. You can invest a lot of your time understanding what's going on you be the one to bring that report to the rest of us without me having to tell you to do it you understand what I'm saying this is this is taking your work seriously before God you got me this is it and all this kind of stuff and being angry because you don't like the way people are portrayed in the movie stop that you got better things to do. You know how to stop that stuff, and and that's not your world anyway. That's not you're not some movie critic for God. You're here to learn how to stop the manifestation of the devil's power here on earth. That has nothing to do with anything. Got me? So you cast down those imaginations. That's a daily, hourly job. Is letting your mind be renewed in the things of God. And then when God gives you opportunities to minister for him, you take advantage of those opportunities. Got me? You become like a a pit bull ready to get loose on the devil. You know, when you get open doors to go and minister with people, pray with people like we did yesterday. Take advantage of that. Get in with the crowd that's praying. You know, get in with the crowd that's doing something. If you're not, not feeling like standing on your feet, you know, go sit in the shade and pray in tongues. Intercede for the people who are out there doing it. Everybody has a job to do, folks. This is not hard this is what we do so just stay engaged in that stay submerged in that stay stay faithful to that and don't let this fifth column activity get set up in your mind where you get from where you get confused as to what God wants you to do you know you gotta you gotta really understand what God's doing and be a part of that you gotta want to be a part of that be in the thick of it be in the middle of it and you for Forget what else is going on in your life. Once you get submerged in the things of God, that other stuff that that bothers you or is not really complete, it won't be such an issue to you. So stay engaged. As much as possible, stay engaged in the things of God. Make yourself an expert on something. 
that's important to God. Excel in that. You know, I'm serious. There's so many things. Look at all the trouble in the world. Look at Miss Donna. She comes to our meeting. She goes. She's faithful in church and ministry down there. She's raising money to combat drug addiction in her area. That's. I'm honored that she would come and feel that we can impact her and and help her with that work. That's a very important work that God. Now she doesn't see it as that. She's just following her heart and following the leading of God as the, as best she can. But that takes an extraordinary amount of self sacrifice to divorce yourself from any other enticement the world has and devote yourself to something most people look at as a helpless cause. You understand what I'm saying? Because they look at drug addicts. Oh boy, here they go again. And if they just make up their minds, they can get free. Well, it takes a little more than that, obviously. You talk to many of them, they'll say, I've quit so many times. You got me? Waiting on somebody who will devote themselves to fasting and prayer and divorce themselves from the world so that God can empower them to break that yoke and set them free. And see, I believe she's one of those people. I believe God will, will work with her and help her and give her that boldness and confidence and power to do great things in that ministry. So, you know, and that, that should be all of us. We should all have that interest in, in helping God do things. So that's my sermon on stay away from the movies for a reason. So you can use that energy and that interest and and your power and your free time invested in God when are you going to do it you know what I'm saying if not now when that's what I always say of course I usually say it about something else but anywho uh, but but we you know we working on it but you know that's something you can easy stop doing you know what I'm saying I just look at it this way what does it cost for admission Take that and save it up for a season and see what it amounts to, what it'll cost you. You know what I'm saying? And everybody cheats and everybody goes on HBO or some stupid cable stuff like that. Or you got tablets you can watch stuff on, all that kind of nonsense. So, you know, we have options. You can be a devoted person. Find creative ways to help God's kingdom. It gets advanced, you know. He'll remember you in the time of, of need for, you know, in your need for your life. Your kids, you got kids, grandkids, they'll have kids and grandkids. God will remember all those things throughout the generations. You know, these parents were the ones that made the sacrifice so that I could save many generations, you know, including their own seed. So it's worth it, I think. I think it's worth it. Just a little momentary pleasure. It doesn't last very long. But if you're mad at me, I forgive you, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. You know, you set up a fifth column in your own mind where when the enemy starts to put his onslaught, he's got something to grab onto. I pray that there's nothing for in me for him to grab onto. You got me? When he does his little thing. So Luke 4 is our pattern. So we talked about that already. About how Jesus was anointed. He went up. 
into the wilderness with the Holy Ghost and then he came out empowered by the Holy with the Holy Ghost and power and so that is our pattern you've got to divorce yourself from something to take on the power of God you hunger and thirst for righteousness God will start moving you now to make room for that righteousness to be fulfilled and you'll be able to do right things amen so you're to fulfill your obedience before you can go out and cast devils out of somebody or something or even use that authority in your prayers now i'm not saying that if you haven't you're not perfect you don't pray when you pray when you pray here you pray the prayer of agreement we're all in agreement when god honors agreement period he doesn't even have to, he doesn't tell you what condition the vessels <laughs> need to be in just agree I'm thinking to myself man if that ain't easy and so that's where God started this ministry he said I want you to use the prayer of agreement to your advantage so I can get some work done down here and he told me also he says I have a demand that your people walk in health and prosperity and so and I mean real prosperity I'm not talking everybody's a millionaire cut that out you know what I'm saying. We all have millionaire skills. We don't have me. It just ain't right to promise everybody that. I don't promise you anything about amount because I don't know what it is. I know God can do anything. So you talk to Him about how much money you want to make, all that kind of stuff. Get it straight from Him, and you won't be disappointed. But He did tell me. He said, "He said I will cause your people to walk in divine health because they will pray this divine health prayer twice a week, and it's worked." Except for people who don't pray with their prayer partners. You know, they struggle. You know what I'm saying? If you pray twice and you still have symptoms or, or hurdles to reach, think what would happen if you didn't do your prayers. Huh? And keep working toward getting rid of every single devil you know sometimes we as believers we we want to feel better so we get to feel good we stop killing that devil totally you know what i'm saying but you come a day you're gonna have to confront that thing and get rid of it totally and sometimes it just means double up on your confession double up on something or let go of something that's a distraction from where god wants you to be so when we have developed a habit this is what it is a consistent habit of following God submitting to God resisting the devil then God will place his power on us permanently on us personally and so that means that you're restored in your soul to the point where you don't entertain the devil's thoughts on a certain level and so that clears the way for God to put his mind in there and you begin to think like God more and you resist the devil more and he will flee from you more it's just the way it is and so uh, with Luke 4 being our pattern we know that God will test us on whether or not we really believe the word you know it's being tested all the time when you get symptoms that's the enemy coming to you to tell you that God you are not healed 
And so you must take a stand there. This is going to be a constant thing until you walk in total confidence that you are healed and all symptoms have left you or must leave or they cannot take root in you. So this is this is the work of redemption. He is redeeming our souls, buying it back, buying back real estate in your thinking, buying back real estate in your emotions investing more of himself in you so you can be more effective in the things of God Jesus resisted Satan in all areas the Bible says he was tempted in all areas like we are yet he was without sin he totally obeyed the father no matter the cost that's where we have to be now we don't pay the whole price at one time God takes us a little bit at a time because he knows we quick to freak out Mm-hmm. But the power will cost you that. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve your flesh and, and want to be powerful in the spirit. You know, People who are in the spirit can discern right through that. They can see right. They know when you're faking it and when it's genuine. So just try to be genuine. Attempt to God and say, God, make me genuine. Make me somebody who is sincere about serving you all of the time, who's not playing half the time and then, and then serious part of the time. You know, we get around church people or get out with the saints and we want to straighten up and be serious and be full of power. Well, it doesn't happen like that. You've got to be powerful all the time. When the power is used, give God the glory. Amen. And that doesn't mean God, I give you glory. But what that means is that you release his power back to him. And you don't try to walk in that all of the time. Got me? You'll understand it more when God does begin to empower you more. But there's a certain... uh, mantle that comes upon you for service and once the service is over then you release that back to God thank him for that don't let people start flattering you and telling you how wonderful you are in that you got me you just have to you have to understand that the glory goes back to God to where put it back in your closet and when you need it again, it'll be right and, and you'll wear it rightly because God is, is there, you know. So when the power is used, give the glory or power back to God because he is the power. He is the glory. Don't take credit for it or attempt to use it at will. It's not your power to use. Amen. You are anointed, but that anointing still belongs to God. Amen. That power still belongs to God. You know, you, you have to be careful when, when people, especially sometimes you're around immature people or, you know, you get a little close to people when they, you know, don't know uh, who you are and all that kind of stuff or, you know, they see a gift manifest. You know, people want to rush run to the gift and all that kind of stuff you gotta you know discourage that you know uh and just let people know now wait a minute we're giving glory to god here you know it's you know like the daniel said daniel never had a, a bad prophecy or interpretation and he said the power is not within me so did joseph he said it's not in me but god will tell you you know what that's really what it is you start wearing that yourself you'll start thinking the power in you are the same person no, even though God will consistently put his power upon you, you can't ever think that's you, you know. 
I remember Richard Roberts when his kids were real little uh, when he would be under the anointing healing anointing they'd sit close to the front you know where your kids are supposed to be because they're learning the ministry and uh, he would tell them he said now feel this he said it's not daddy that's Jesus he got me and so when daddy when he daddy wasn't preaching they could treat him like daddy and he let them know there was a difference it wasn't just one person and so you have to you have to really have the right mindset about these things and know but I'm telling you God will test you in these things they're past the test if you want to be anointed because it's not coming to just faking around this isn't fake this isn't play and I encourage you to be sincere be totally honest and transparent if you don't want to give something up and you get convicted about it you talk to God about it and say God you know what maybe it's time for me to put away childish things Maybe it's time for me to grow up and start being the man or the woman of God that you've ordained for me to be. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word, your honesty among us, your truth. Father, help your people to understand that they are following Jesus. Following the Lord. Following his pattern. That he had zero tolerance for the works of darkness. He didn't ride the edge, but he was full in obedience to you, the Father. And it paid great rewards. This world would be a mess if he had cheated on even one thing. So we thank you, Lord, that Jesus fully obeyed you. And we expect to fully obey him as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. If anybody needs